Welcome everyone to the Dissecting Liberty podcast. We have Jordan and Jake from the Veterans for Voluntarism podcast, and today we're going to be talking about survivalism. Hell yeah, dude. Thanks for getting us on. Fuck yeah! (laughs) Our pleasure, man. Yeah, so to start off, um, what, uh, what training or research have you guys done on this topic? Um, so I guess we can take it all the way back. So when we were kids, I think I was 15 or 16 when I first got into this group, but there's a group in our area that was basically, um, well, technically it was a boy scout adventure group because it did belong to the boy scouts of America for funding and tax tax reasons, I assume. Um, but what it was called, it's called the Alamo scouts. It's named after, the uh, World War II reconnaissance group that was a part of, like in the movie The Great Raid and the Cabinatuan, um, the Filipino prison. What's that? Cabinatuan. Cabinatuan. The Filipino prison POW camp that, uh, like, U.S. soldiers and stuff like that. So they raided that. And now they didn't even fire once. They just saved everybody pretty much. Yeah. This and, is the Rangers. This is the almost cousin the Rangers that yeah. conducted that raid. And they were a precursor to. Um, what is now special forces or green berets. Um, so he was in that and he was SF for so many years. He's in the army for 40 years total, got out as a command sergeant major, came back to Iowa and started this group. Um, and basically what we did was we initially, when you first get in, you have to go through like a boot camp type thing, which is about a week long in the summer. Um, you go through all that, knock out all your prerequisites, and then throughout the year, um, twice a month generally, you do some form of like weekend or some kind of extended training, whether it's winter survival, fall survival, um, or no, spring survival. Spring, yeah. Then we do small unit tactics. Uh, we did repelling, what's called slide for life, which is basically just like a zip line. Um, Drop down the his quarry and shit and you have to do it like three times you do everything like three times in order to get the badge or the it's a patch yeah you have to pass a physical fitness test um it was very similar to the army like the physical fitness test was push-ups sit-ups and run shit we did a bunch of other stuff paintballing uh we did hand-to-hand combat stuff a little bit mm-hmm. and this is all changed now so it's like nothing the way, the way it was back then uh yeah but mainly like what's relevant to this is that our survival training that we did, I guess you can call it that, were it was about four between is three days, four nights usually for winter survival. Yeah, yeah. And then we would go out, build shelter, build fire, and learn how to feed ourselves in a situation when we wouldn't be able to otherwise. Yep, is is pretty fucking sweet. I guess because uh, Jordan, yeah, cause you joined yeah when you're early teens, and I wanted to be like my big brother and go out there and do it but i was too young but i ended up joining when i was 11 they had to make an exception because you were supposed to be 13 to join it but uh since jordan was in there i, jo- I joined a little early and stuff so it was fucking is a fun fun little group and stuff but yeah like during summer camp is seven is a week-long summer camp and yeah i think i'm pretty if i remember right they fed they'd feed us like once a day and then if you wanted extra if you wanted to eat more than that then you had to go get it yourself so we learned how to, fr- I learned how to fr- like dig frogs and shit when I was there and fry frogs and fish without a fishing pole. We just get 
line and hook. Yeah, the good thing is it was right next to a trout stream. Yeah. <laughs> so we we throw we throw our lines out there and have to get our own worms from you know get like you know go out there find some worms and fucking hook it your hook and throw out there for a trout stream kind of uh, without poles and stuff. So it's pretty it's pretty cool to learn, especially as a young kid. So that's where we learned most of our shit when we were young. And then obviously from when we were in, in the army, we learned how to eat emeries. So that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> when we did our spring survival, the thing that I remember the most that I thought was probably the most beneficial, even at a young age was um, like learning how to collect water when there's no like rain or any kind of water source. So learning how to like um, collect like dew and condensation and stuff like that naturally throughout the night and accumulating it that way. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we had a lot of fun doing that shit. And then later we joined the army and in the infantry learned a little bit of those stuff like that, but really not a whole lot. Not enough. I don't think, but not as much as you'd think being in the army, you'd be able to go out there and fucking do whatever you need to do with little support. But they didn't really teach us a whole lot about survival tactics and stuff in the army, but I don't know. Yeah, that, and then just growing up in small town Iowa, we did a lot of shit out in the woods. Like, grew up hunting and fishing and stuff and everything else, and we just get, you know, get bored and just go out in the woods and fucking wander around and try to find your way back home. So, yeah, a lot of shit like that. Wow, that's pretty extensive. <laughs> <laughs> that's more than a lot of people <laughs> yeah i guess yeah yeah I, don't, I, don't, I definitely wouldn't call myself a fucking bear grills or nothing but at the yeah. same time you know i feel like if if i had to i could you know live out there live out and survive and everything else well i mean when, when are you going to get your own tv show <laughs> yeah <laughs> iowa survival that's right <laughs> <laughs> we'll just call it child soldiers and we'll start another alamo scout group there we go <laughs> yep <laughs> It's going to be like dance moms. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the funny thing is, like, when we were in Alamo Scouts, we would do, like, parades and shit like that for Memorial Day. And we'd be, like, following a Jeep, like, marching and shit. And be like, oh, just your local militia. Nothing to see here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we had, like, a mounted fucking uh, M60, or what was it? Like it's an M60, M60 on a Vietnam-era Jeep that Gary got because he's the, he the fucking bread maker for Alamo Scouts. Yeah. Wow. Just fucking strolling down small towns in Iowa, you know, doing parades in our as a child holding an M60. Yeah. For a little while there, like <laughs> when I got into it for a little while, there were cops that would come out during the summer, like our summer training, our basic training thing. And mm-hmm. uh, just kind of like, oh, people were complaining about you guys fucking doing patrols through their fucking woods and shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's another thing, too. Yeah, because we... Um, during summer camp, we'd have to go out and do these uh, mock POW raids. And, man, that was fucking wild. We'd have to go out there at night, you know, so use the cover darkness, conduct this raid. And every one time we had to go out is the POW camp was 11 miles away from our camp. So we had to walk 11 miles out, conduct the POW raid, rescue the POWs, and bring them back to camp before sunrise. As a fucking 12-year-old, 12-year-old kid, that was pretty rough, man, walking <laughs> Fucking yeah. 22 miles in one night. Dude, a lot of those FTXs, <laughs> a lot of those FTXs were were harder than FTXs we did in the army. Fuck yeah! It was like <laughs> one time we were we were patrolling down. We were we're all carrying guns with blanks and shit, and uh, like M16s and M4s and Springfield 03s with blanks and shit. And we were walking through this dude's lawn, and the fucking yard light came on, and he was out on the porch. He's like, 
you you the kids with with Galen? We're like, uh, yeah. He's like, okay, have a good night. We're all <laughs> fucking guns and camo paint and camouflage, and we're walking through this dude's lawn. Yeah, we all had AKs and fucking Springfield <laughs> 1903s, basically. That shit was funny. It's basically Red Dawn in his childhood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, well, that was a lot of cool stuff. No, yeah, for sure. That sounds awesome. I wish my childhood had been like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess uh, getting into it, the next question is uh, what events or scenarios are do you guys think are most likely to occur in the U.S.? And if you want to get into it, specifically your area. Um, well, the good thing about living in Iowa is that Iowa is about... 10 years behind every other state and then about another five behind that in our own county. Mm. So, um, if anything like crazy to answer your question, I think what's going to happen that like nationwide and it's going to happen relatively quickly, but maybe slowly to like spread is going to be some kind of financial crisis. So I think our currency is on the verge of collapse. There's a lot of leading economists that are really pointing to that. Um, and once that happens, once there's no currency of the land, I guess, um, I think a lot of people are going to starve. And then when people start starving, they start getting pretty barbaric and killing people to take shit. You know what I mean? Because they don't know how to forage or hunt or prepare food naturally. So I think there's going to be that. But I mean, luckily for us, I think in Iowa and the majority of the Midwest, it's probably going to be um it's not going to get as crazy i don't think and it's going to be a lot more of people depending on hunting and fishing surviving foraging farming mm-hmm. um and then i think we're going to be okay i mean we're <laughs> leaders in agriculture in the, the country the way it is but if it does happen to get crazy um i mean we have some kind of survivability where if need be going away from civilization for a little bit and living out in solitude you know or maybe like a really really small group like a tribe i think would be probably the most likely of scenarios mm-hmm. instead of fighting because like you know the boogaloo is pretty you know it's it's a thing that people fantasize about a little bit and they make light of it but you know ultimately i don't want to kill anybody i don't want to hurt anybody and i don't want anybody in my group and my tribe to get hurt or killed mm-hmm. So if I if it comes down to that, I'm going to just go off the grid and fucking hide <laughs> and survive in the land. Right. Yeah, I think I think a lot like Jordan, I think, you know, it'd be the most uh, pro- like the, the most common theme, I guess, is that, you know, our our currency is being devalued every single day. It feels like, you know, at least and, you know, we can't keep up with the. Uh, the debt that our country is going in. So I think, yeah, an, eco- an economic collapse is probably the most likely scenario. And yeah, I think the same, the same way, like people out that are already living in like small towns areas and whatever else are going to be, there'll be a lot more like the boogaloo, like Jordan was talking about and stuff is definitely going to be happening in places like, you know, in big cities, like, you know, in California, like LA and shit like that. That's, that's going to grow more of your scavenger type people. If something crazy does happen. And then people like in the Midwest or, you know, kind of that are already out in small areas, small ag agriculture communities and everything else, they're gonna be more of the, you know, hunting, farming, you know, community, have your own little communities and take care of each other kind of thing. So 
yeah, it's, I, I think pretty much similar to what Jordan just said. Yeah, and uh, to kind of attach something else to that, like you can generally tell if you're living in a pretty good geographic area by any kind of natural disaster that's happened in that area and how people react to it. Mm-hmm. So like in larger metropolitan areas of some sort of natural disaster like wildfires or um, like some crazy out of control fire like in California, you know, people can get or hurricanes like in, in fucking New Orleans, New Orleans. Uh, people got pretty savage pretty fucking yeah. quickly. I mean, here in Iowa, we have floods relatively frequently. Um, yeah. Ro- rolling blackouts, snowstorms, snowstorms, where you're getting locked up in your house because you can't leave. Um, and we manage just because mm-hmm. we have for so many fucking years. It's not something that's rare, mm-hmm. you know. Well, the thing around here, too, is that you see, especially if there's a really nasty snowstorm comes in, you see a lot of people get out and they start, they, can, they, they dig themselves out. And then they're like, oh, shit, my neighbor needs help. So they go over and they start digging out their neighbor, you know, shit like that. It's really cool to see. But then, yeah, you see a hurricane in New Orleans and the first thing everyone does is like, oh, fuck, I got to get to Nike store and rob all their shit. Yeah. <laughs> kicks. Yeah. So they go I'm, and I'm, start fucking looting and scattering. Yeah, I'm out of Louisiana. And like, I remember Katrina. I was I was in northern Louisiana at the time. Uh, but my dad was deployed to help with Katrina. And he has some crazy stories. Mm-hmm. That that was a. Uh, that was a clusterfuck. Oh, for sure. In, in every in every sense of the term. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had a friend that was in the Illinois National Guard, fucking Haro. Mm-hmm. And he said when he went there, because he was active duty first, then went National Guard. Um, but he said he got almost in as many firefights in that little tiny bit in New Orleans than he did oh, yeah. in Iraq. Yeah, he said that shit was wacky. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, going like yeah, kind of going back to the like survivalist taxes. Like, you know, if, if anything does crazy happen in this country, I definitely think that it's going to revert back to your abilities to live off the land and make yourself like yeah. Because if, if all of a sudden money's worthless, then you need to go back to like bartering systems and what's you know you need to be able to make sure you have food, water, and shelter. You know, so people that can make shelters are going to be profitable because they can barter with someone that can make like grow and make their own food or you know have their own livestock where i was like hey, if you give me some fucking goats i'll build you a fucking house man or i'll build you a shack for your goats to keep them safe and stuff like that kind of bartering system is going to be very very prevalent in case you know shit hits the fan or whatever else right it's not like you need to be excellent at every skill it's can you trade what you're best at for what you need exactly yep Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just have to have something that brings value to uh, the group that you're with, you know? Yep. Yeah. So, I guess the next question is, uh, what skills are do you think are most important for a survival scenario? Yeah, so there's the, I think it's a, the big three is what they call it. So it would be shelter, fire, and water. Mm-hmm. So you need some sort of something to keep you out of the elements, um, something that will, you'll be able to cook food on or stay warm, depending on the season, and you need water to live. So whether it's a water source or it's water collection and purification, um, those are the three biggest things to need to really live out mm-hmm. in the wild. Um other things help too. I mean, if you actually go out in the woods sometime, and I'd urge everybody to do this at least once, every once in a while, is just go out in the woods, um, build a shelter, and sleep in it 
for one night, at least one night, mm-hmm. and see how it feels. And make sure it's, you know, not during, like, a rainy season or super fucking cold, but also don't make sure it's, like, you know, the fall or spring where it's really comfortable. You know, you want to be able to test your shelter and your shelter-making abilities as well as your uh, collection of resources to develop a shelter or to collect some form of water and drink purified water too. It's fucking gross, yeah. you know, <laughs> but you want to make sure it's not going to make you sick mm-hmm. because if it doesn't make you sick, at least you can go and get help now. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing with fire, you know, be able to build fires whenever you can, cause you can go collect up water and then boil that shit for a while. And then, you know, it's drinkable. So you make sure you get all the shit out of it. But yeah, no, I, I definitely think, yeah, the, as in survival tactics, the first, the first thing, and this isn't, this isn't just if you, you know, if we have an economic class and everything goes crazy and America is fucking plummets into fucking barbarian times, you know, this is like if you are out there and you get lost or you're involved in a, you know, a plane crash or something crazy like that, you know, survival tactics are very, very useful and just to have in the back of your mind, you know, the, the just the standard things that you need, you know, be able to find water even in places that don't have very much water. And that's the big, that's the biggest thing, you know, you, Humans need water. You need to drink water every day and stay hydrated. You're going to die of dehydration before you die of starvation and die of, you know, not having shelter. So you need to find water. Then you need to build, be able to build fires and build yourself a shelter to live in. And you move on to food, the more luxury items of, you know, eat. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you don't always have to go out and eat, you know, kill animals either. Sometimes you there aren't going to be animals to kill. Mm-hmm. And. You need to learn how to forage something. Yep. So there are good books, too, that you can, like, handbooks or, like, pocket guides that you can bring out, too, that can tell you what you can eat and what you can't eat and exactly what they are, like, the identifying characteristics of something that's going to poison you and make you sick or something that is actually going to sustain nutrition. Mm-hmm. So those are good things to get into. Um, I don't they're, – they're really basic ones because I don't have the names off the top of my head. Uh, there's also some really good army field manuals and stuff like that. Like the special forces ones are pretty good as far as to what to do. Ranger handbook has some good stuff in it too. Yeah. That's your basic shit in there at least. Yeah. So at least when we were in that group, when we did our survival training, we used the ranger handbook most times. Most times. Yeah. So like in a winter survival scenario, um, what are some things that you could find to eat because that seems like it'd be the hardest season to to find something to uh like forage for mm-hmm. honestly yeah. oh sorry no go ahead i was gonna say honestly for me i think winter's amazing because i grew up in iowa where it snows a lot you know throughout winter but um i think winter survival is like surviving anywhere in cold temperatures is probably the one of the easier places too because you're surrounded by your most, you know, you're surrounded by water. It's, just, it's frozen water, but it's water. So at least you can collect a shit ton of snow. As long as you don't know how to make a fire, you can melt it, melt the snow down, and you have fresh water to drink. And then um, building shelters is actually pretty easy too. As long as you can, if you are in a place with like a wooded area, you know, you can pick up, you grab, gather up a bunch of sticks and make a little lean-to like bungalow with sticks and lean up against another tree and make yourself a little hut. And then you use then you bring snow up and use that as insulation on your roof and stuff. Yeah. That's in, very useful. In terms of uh, food in a winter food, survival yeah. situation, uh, you're probably going to be mostly a carnivore because you're not the only animal that's looking for something to eat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So generally, 
you know, snares, traps, stuff like that are really good to set up in the winter time. And it's also the good thing is in the winter that's um that's I guess exclusive to winter that you won't find in like the summertime is that you can leave your meat without rotting for an extended period mm-hmm. of time because it's going to naturally re- refrigerate it. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, in the summertime, if you kill an animal, you're probably going to have to eat it all yep. like right away. Um, in the wintertime, you can store some shit. So yep. that's the added benefit. And the big thing for me too, like I don't, I'm, I'm, I love hunting like right now, you know, it's one of my hobbies. And if you just pay attention to what, other animals eat like other like herbivores and shit like what they eat then what other animals eat generally humans can consume as well so if you know what you know other animals feed off of and what gives them nutrition and you know you can go out like, around here you know we have white-tailed deer that eat they scrounge up and eat a lot of you have to move the snow away but there is a lot of shit that's stored under the snow like you find an oak tree out in the middle of the woods you can move away that snow and you're probably going to find some fucking acorns there might be you know there might be some good ones to eat as well, but you'll find some acorns and some other nuts and shit from the trees that, you know, are covered in snow, but you can probably still eat them and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So just pay attention to what the animals are doing as well. And then you can, you know, kind of either eat what they eat or, you know, you can kill yourself an animal and eat that. That's really good. Um, so what are some of the biggest misconceptions that people have about, uh, just how to survive or yeah uh so a lot of things that i've seen in the past with like survivalist groups is they generally pack way too heavy for like training for survival it's like you know i get you know bring some creature comforts for sure but at the same time you want to like learn how it sucks you know especially in the winter time like Going out and living outside in the winter, especially in Iowa, it's like fucking Arctic temperatures, dude. Like, especially you get out in the wind, you know, it's easily 10, 15 degrees colder than it is outside of the wind. Mm-hmm. And um, you kind of want to feel how bad it sucks. At the same time, you don't want to bring too much like snivel gear because you need to test out your um, your shelter making abilities and if, how well it's going to be insulated as well as, you know, building fire and stuff like that. So eventually your gear is going to deteriorate over time and, you know, bring some in case of an emergency for sure. Um, But you kind of want to see how that goes. At the same time, a lot of survivalist groups don't really train like how to live in that situation. They'll bring like, you know, 10 days food supply and stay 10 days out in the bush, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's like you do kind of have to go out and hunt a little bit or forage for food stuff like that and you know learn that skill because that's that's uh that kind of shit like you don't just pick up you need to be taught it yeah right a big big misconception on survival skills like a lot of people are there's a lot of people are interested in survival skills and stuff which is great but a lot of people you know they they look it up or they read a book or they watch bear girls like i mentioned before and it's like oh yeah i I, I could survive out there. You know, I'm watch I watch him do it. So I know what he does. So I can do the same thing. <laughs> like, well, you know, you need to actually test out the theories that you find, you know, so find out what works and what doesn't work, you know, the, the, you know, figure out what area you live in, what you're spending the majority of your time, you know, but also look into other areas and stuff, but you need to actually test out what you think, you know, because that's the only way you're going to actually figure out if it works or not. Right. Yeah, in addition to all that, like, fucking, 
go hunting every once in a while. You know, I mean, you don't have to be a big, huge hunter. Like Jake's a huge hunter. He hunts what three seasons out of the year? Yeah, four, I, four or five actually. Yeah, usually start. Yeah, like this. At least lately, I've been starting from September to you know end of January or mid, like mid January is hunting season for me. Yeah, and like I go like maybe once every other year. Yeah. <laughs> so like the thing is though is that if you learn like how animals behave and how to get into the psychology of whatever you're trying to eat, um, it's going to help if you don't have the same equipment during those hunting seasons. So, um, like, you know, if you're on your second month in the bush living, trying to live off the land just cause you have to, you're probably not going to have a shotgun and a bunch of trucks and dudes to go push them out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But if you know what deer do and during what seasons, what they gravitate towards, you know, you can at least stake out some areas to get something. Because if you get a deer, dude, in a situation like that, that should have lasted you a while. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot, of, a lot of, you know, obviously protein and stuff. That's the biggest thing, especially if you're trying to survive. You need, you need protein, you need carbs and fats and stuff. And there's a lot of, especially in the wintertime, there's a lot of fat on deer because they're eating everything in the fall, trying to build up for winter. So, you know, got a lot of very precious resources there. And also, like, you're saying you know no animal behavior it's the same kind of thing even if you're not they go you know, want to get into hunting or anything else but knowing what deer do during certain times of the year will also save you if you're fucking driving around in deer country like around here people are hitting deer left and right it's like well it makes sense because they're they're running so they're running through the roads and shit and so you gotta watch out just for your own sake of your vehicles so you're not smashing deer all the time but uh yeah no i don't even know where the fuck i was going with that <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're going with animal behavior. Oh yeah, animal behavior and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Even if even if you don't plan on like going out hunting and stuff like that, if you are into like survival tactics or survival skills, at least do a little bit of research on the animals in your area just to know what you know their behaviors and stuff. If you actually are interested in survival tactics, but not really interested in hunting for sport or for fun. Yeah. Like you probably want to stay away from carry on creatures. Like. <laughs> vultures and shit like that bats no they're actually well maybe bats but like <laughs> vultures and shit that is like perfect to figure out like in hunting scenarios because a lot of times like crows and shit they'll tip you off like so oh, yeah, they'll, yeah. they'll be like if you, a lot of times no, i'm saying i'm saying stuff, not eat them oh not eat them because they carry oh. a lot of diseases right that's yeah, all i was saying okay yeah. but no no you, you have a valid point yeah. though yeah they're but, but, like, but you guys didn't hear that saying you shouldn't eat bats is incredibly racist <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah no, that's, new, that's new to me i, I don't want to eat bats just because they're too small like that's what uh, it's, a, it's like an appetizer i'm not gonna waste my time yeah. eating a bat but <laughs> it's riddled with coronavirus apparently oh is it <laughs> in china i guess damn so the coronavirus came from bats that's what they say i, don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, think coronavirus is fake. if you're gonna eat something with that little meat on it eat a frog yeah hell yeah right. frogs are good dude yeah a lot easier to kill them bats see they're not flying yeah, just grab him by the legs and fucking swing him around. <laughs> <laughs> Jake, you were you were talking about uh, like crows and different uh, like yep. uh, scavengers. Mm-hmm. So wh- where were you going with that? Oh, okay. Um, so if you are out there in the wilderness, wherever else, to say, and you're look, say you're hunting, you know, or you're others for survival, and you're trying to hunt. If you pay attention to crows, crows are fucking smart, like really, really smart. And a lot of times they'll be circling, like, I don't know, say you're out west or something like that. If you pay attention to like crows and other scavengers, they'll be circling live animals, waiting for them to die. 
So if you follow, like if there's crows circling or vultures circling in an area, you know there's either a something dead, and it might be, it might be able, it might still be fresh enough to eat yourself, or mm-hmm. b there's live animals there waiting. There, those birds are waiting for them to die. So if you go out there and find and pay attention to the other birds that you're not necessarily hunting or trying to eat, you know they could lead you to life to where you are trying to get to to find an animal to hunt or animal to kill or whoever else for your purpose for what you know so that's why i've noticed a lot and stuff beyond the woods and everything else that's pretty cool yeah in in my neck of the woods there are vultures that circle like dogs in people's backyards yep so oh yeah Mm -hmm. yeah just everything's like like jordan said earlier you know there's other animals out there that are trying to eat and they're trying to survive like they live that survival life on a daily because they're fucking animals you know so they know how to live out in the wilderness a hell of a lot better than we do as humans here. So if you pay attention to that kind of shit, that can lead you, it can lead you in the right direction. So, and water, because animals need water just as much as we do. So, yeah, yeah, it generally lead you to a water source of some type. Mm-hmm. Or if so, you're next to a water source, you can watch out for animals to hunt too, because mm-hmm. they'll be gravitated towards that. Yep. Yeah, so it sounds like if you just pay a lot more attention now to animals and, and wildlife, that it'll actually help you a lot later on if, if you need those uh, survival skills. Exactly. Especially people that live in cities and stuff. You know, it's like, get out of the city every once in a while. You know, get out of the city and just go out for go out for a hike or something. If you're not into, like, hunting or whatever else, just go for a hike. Go out there and just pay attention you know and see mm-hmm. what it's like out there i definitely urge everyone to go out there and just see what see what is out there past you know human human areas you know like cities and towns and shit like that yeah and also like for some people even if they don't like to hunt like if they feel bad for killing animals stuff like that i, I get it you know if they don't have to they they won't but try to go out during a hunting season and during a specific hunting season for a specific species and just go out and try to find it. Mm-hmm. Like, people don't under, understand how fucking hard this shit is. Like, it is not easy to go out and just kill a deer most yeah. times. Unless, and don't get me wrong, like, there are people that poach and, like, do all sorts of unethical shit. But if you go out and do it, like, the right way, it's actually extremely difficult. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, but, you know, there's a lot of, and it's not like, you know, hunting on a reserve or anything like that. Just go out to, like, a public hunting area. Yep rummage around and try to find these animals and try to like get close to them like within killing range yeah just stock just stock up on them use the wind because that's a huge thing too like there's the animals out there especially deer and you know elk and all those other critters that are people love to hunt it's like their main their main safety mechanism is their nose so you gotta pay attention to the wind and everything else if you want to try fooling an animal you gotta pay, make sure the wind is not blowing towards those animals because it's going to blow them out and you're never going to get close to them. They'll smell you f- from a fucking mile away. So that kind of stuff is very, it's really cool to go out there and try to do even when you're not like me, like outside of hunt season and stuff like that. I still go out in the woods and just try If I see a deer or something like that, I'll try to get as close as I can to it and try circling around, just put a stock on them, even though I'm not trying to kill it at that point in time to see how close I can get to them. Yeah. Or just go out the group of dudes that are going and you don't have to kill anything, but Watch them field dress one too. It's oh, that's a big thing there. Yeah, because like you have to know how to get meat prepped to eat, mm-hmm. and like you can't just go out and kill a deer, 
drag it back to camp and start fucking cutting off ribeyes. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so you gotta like, you know, get all the organs out, drain it, skin it, get it ready to eat. Like it, it takes a little bit of time. Yeah, but know what organs you can eat and what organs you should stay away from. Yeah. Like you probably shouldn't be eating intestines. Everyone knows that. But at the same time, there's a lot of organs inside of animals that people just throw away that are very, very good to eat and are very good for you. Yeah. Or if you like go through the deer, like an animal's bladder or intestine and get shit or piss on the meat, the meat's spoiled. It's done. Yeah. You yeah. can't eat it. So mm-hmm. it's not like you can just like dust it off. You know what I mean? Like that shit will fucking probably yeah. kill you. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's very, it depends. It very, it very much depends on, you know, the situation as well. If you get a little bit of shit on there, it's not going to, oh, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. not going to kill you. Wipe it off. But if you, gut shot a fucking deer or something like that it's just you know or you hit it with like i hit one with my car and there's i was trying to you know keep it and i couldn't because the fucking guts were all like it blew, it blew blew her up from the inside and there's just shit you know shit everywhere and you can't eat you, there's only so much you know shit you can deal with on your meat before it does spoil but yeah definitely field field care for animals is very very important after you kill them and everything yeah. So, uh, I guess let's get into, um, like maybe like the gear, uh, aspect of survival. Um, the first question is, uh, what should you carry on your body every day? Um, a lighter or some matches for sure. Um, a knife of some sort. And if you want to, maybe like a flint. So you could be ready to strike a fire whenever you can, but ultimately you are going to have to need to know how to start a fire without a flint. Yeah. Um, it's difficult. It's an all day task, but uh, it can be done. But, you know, in like a hip pocket random, like your car broke down in the middle of nowhere or something like that, and you need to build like a makeshift shelter or some sort of like warming, like some sort of source to keep you warm. Um, yeah. A flint and lighter mm-hmm. be good. Yeah, for me, keep, keep water in your vehicle and maybe like a meal, like a day's worth of food, like, you know, food that'll last a long time, like an MRE or they make um, they make other ones, too. Can't remember what they're called now. Blue, they're blue something, Blue Mountain or some shit. Yeah, there's a shit ton of them out there. Yeah, like Mountain House meals are really good, too, if you're looking at that thing for, you know, for emergencies, emergency situations. But like every day for me, like every day carry, I, you know, I always carry a knife with me and. Like in my vehicle and stuff like that, I have I always have some paracord. Like I stock up on paracord. That's very important to have for if you're trying to lash together some stuff for making shelters or whatever else. You know, if you're out there and something crazy happens, but first, you know, your first aid kits and stuff. I always like me for my everyday carry. I always I always usually have a knife on me whenever I go somewhere and a gun. I usually have a gun on me if I'm traveling far distances and stuff. And your first aid kits and all that good stuff. And they do make these cool little things or like eternal lighters or it's, it's flint, you know, that you pull off and you can, you know, strike it. It'll get flint, but that is good for a long time. So I definitely, you know, if you're looking at survival, look into that kind of stuff, like those flints and stuff. So then if you, you know, matches and lighters are only good for so long, but those flints and shit that they make, those are good for years yeah, another good thing worth having, I guess, um, would be like some sort of like uh, the wind-up powered flashlight radio 
things. Oh, Those yeah. are pretty good. They usually have like some sort of signaling beacon or something like that built into them too. But I used to have one of those in my vehicle for years. I don't have it anymore. But mm-hmm. um, the last time I got, I broke down in the middle of nowhere. I had a cell phone, so I just yeah. fucking called somebody. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, like sometimes you might not be out somewhere that has reception, or your phone might die, or you might be stranded for a couple of days. That's mm-hmm. not unheard of. So having yeah, water, food, and something that you can stay informed on, like with you know hearing the weather patterns and what's going on, so. So you can get an idea of how long you're going to be in place. And then, you know, maybe getting on foot might be worth it, too. Mm-hmm. Or it might not be. You could go out into, like, you know, Arctic temperatures and fucking dive from hypothermia. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, just be aware of what's going on. And having situational awareness is definitely a good a good um, survival mechanism. Yeah, that's probably the, one of the number one things, too, is situational, situational awareness. Like being able to, you know... I don't know. Pay just pay attention to shit is a huge thing that people don't do every every day, which is fucking sad. But yeah, but yeah, like Jake, I I carry a knife and a gun every day. Mm-hmm. But that's just because, um, you know, we're paranoid as fuck. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, having some shit in your vehicles is is always good to have. Mm-hmm. Like in my vehicles, we always, especially in the wintertime, we always have. You know, a, at least a blanket or two and a first aid kit, a little little wind up flashlight, and a shovel, especially in the winter. You know, shovel's a fucking game changer. Yep. Even just a little collapsible fucking e tool. It doesn't take up much space. Yeah. What about you guys? I'm curious. I want you guys. Mm-hmm. What's your EDC? Oh yeah, uh, cotton. Did you want to? Um. Yeah. I mean, I have a I have a pocket knife. <clears throat> Uh, and, um, I don't have a concealed carry license, so I don't carry, but that is, that is coming very soon. Uh, and when it comes to like car stuff, cause like I said earlier, I'm in Louisiana, the biggest issue is the heat. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't keep very much in your car for that long during the summer. Uh, like I usually keep some water in there, but you have to switch it out constantly just from evaporation and then you don't know like how much of the plastic crap is getting into the water from the heat uh and then the other thing is about like having a a pistol in your vehicle you gotta switch out the ammunition every now and again because you don't know you know condensation might build up in there and they may not fire uh but just everyday carry stuff i mean i i do carry a lighter and a and a pocket knife have some rope in my car and golf clubs and golf clubs. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> oh yeah. Hey, oh, boredom, yeah. boredom's the number one killer, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have a giant Ziploc bag of uh, golf balls and my golf clubs in my trunk. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. The thing you said about uh, ammo though, that's a, a good thing that some people that are, are already um, everyday concealed carriers don't do is, recycle their ammo through their mags yeah. like they just fill up a fucking mag to its maximum and just leave it there for like a year or two it's like you gotta go out and shoot that shit bro you're gonna fucking wear your springs out oh yeah yeah, yeah. that's yeah that's a good very good point there too because <laughs> there's a lot of people that you know buy a gun for self-defense or to carry and they get their they get their permit and then they grab a gun they just load it up once and leave it 
you know, but you got to make sure that ammunition fires through your fucking gun too. Make sure it's, it's like, it's, through. it's also, hot. it's huh? also just a good idea to practice. Yes. Oh yeah. For very, sure. yeah. very much. Mm-hmm. I, I don't doubt that there are just a ton of people that get the license and then get the pistol and that's it. You know, like the, they've had the license for three years and the last time, the last time they shot was when they got the license. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Very much. Yeah. It kind of goes back to everything that we were talking about before too. Just, if you're gonna if you're gonna pride yourself on these skills, then you gotta make sure you keep up to date with them and go out there and practice with them. That especially reigns through with you know shooting your guns. If you're gonna carry a gun, you should make sure you you should shoot that shit as frequently as you can. Yeah, hell yeah. You also have to do some realistic drills, man. Like yeah, yeah. Fucking uh, don't get me wrong, like three gun and IDPA and fucking USPCA and all that shit's all fun and games, but. Uh, look at like what happened in that church shooting in Texas, dude. Like, have you guys seen that video? Yeah. Yeah. The, like the first homeboy fucking stood up, drew like the slowest draw I've ever seen. Yeah. Oh, man. On yeah. the muzzle end of a fucking, what do you have? A shotgun? Shotgun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like right there. And it's like, well, yeah, no shit. Why you're dead. You fucking yeah. have no sense of like even the most basic tactical knowledge of number one, if you die, you won't live through this. Right. And you, 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 know? you never draw on a person that has a gun pointed at you already. <laughs> no. You put but your it, fucking hands up and you wait for him to turn around, wait for an opportunity to draw. You never draw when he's, he has the upper hand, you know? Yeah. You never draw when the gun's already pointing at you. Yeah. And then the one guy that did training reacted in a realistic manner and got yeah. like a super fucking long shot off. But yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, like doing realistic shit and like staying current in your skills for sure, dude. Like, people that are watching that are listening to this like go out and watch some videos of gunfights and of, like people that are really good at it dissecting it one thing that jake and i used to watch all the time was active self-protection the youtube oh, yeah. video it's goofy but the dude is a little bit goofy but the fucking videos have some quality shit in them oh yeah like it's a lot like people making really really bad you know death causing mistakes mm-hmm. or some people that make really good fucking tactical decisions and you know you can learn by watching stuff like that because gunfights aren't like what you see in movies or what you you know hear about or what you fantasize about like and they're they're really really quick they happen very quickly and one person usually dies mm-hmm. oh, that's for sure hell yeah yeah in terms of uh my edc i always have a knife and a gun um i usually have like a lighter in my backpack uh carry a flashlight uh, at least uh, like a small multi-tool. Um, I usually have like a bandana, like in my bag. Um, and then yeah, it's yeah, it's about it. Hell yeah. The one thing you cannot you can't have enough of though too is fuck like first aid stuff. No, for sure. You know, I buy a couple tourniquets. Those cats are really cool. They don't ever, you know. They don't have a shelf life, so you can keep them forever, st- stash them away and stuff. So bandages yep. and shit like that. Yeah, and also with first aid, shit, some of that shit does expire. Yeah, yeah. and it's pretty um, imperative that you keep an eye on that shit too. Mm-hmm. Like if you are, you know, hoarding a bunch of quick clot or something like that. Right. You know that shit can go bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you need something like that, it's not a good, <laughs> not a good thing. No. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, um, so I guess moving on to the next question, uh, 
Is there any point to surviving if you don't look cool? <laughs> Not really. That's why Jordan wears Adidas. <laughs> Regularly. Hey, you got to fucking look good and feel good. That's right. Look good, feel good, are good. That's my motto. <laughs> what does the what does SF dude say? If you don't look cool doing it, it's not worth doing. That's right. <laughs> I think it's Navy SEALs. Is that SEALs? I think so. <laughs> no, I, I mean... At first, you have to look cool, dude. I mean, if you're not yeah. looking cool every day, then fucking shame on you, dude. That's right. You're not but... you're doing yourself a disservice. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but let's just be real. After a while... You're going to be looking gnarly, smelling gnarly, feeling pretty fucking gnarly. Um, you're not going to be obese. That's pretty cool. Obese people mm-hmm. won't survive, and you know, and if they do, they're not going to be obese anymore. Yeah, we won't have these fucking uh, tacta nerds out there with their fucking <laughs> funky-ass plate carriers that don't fit them properly and shit. Yeah. That's another big thing, too, is like if you're going to go out there and call yourself a militia member or a survivalist where else we have all this fucking funky ass gear that <laughs> just you just strap on you to look cool like that shit is he- that shit weighs you know a certain amount of weight so you, you definitely want to be as lean and mean as possible you don't want to look like a, you know you might look cool having fucking 63 fucking mag pouches on your chest and a bunch of other dumb shit but it's not actually very cool yeah cargo pants will work good enough for that's right. For those purposes. Even, Af- even in Afghanistan, I didn't want to wear my plate carry very much. If I had to, obviously. No. Shit fucking gets heavy and uncomfortable. I don't know why people want to dress up like that all the time. That's <laughs> fucking stupid. Oh, <laughs> uh, shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I can tell you right now, if you join my survivalist tribe, uh, you'll always have a nice haircut. Yep. Always. Unless you don't want a haircut, important. but you'll still be having a nice looking head of hair. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think in our group, you'd be forced to have good hair. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you got some gnarly fucking cow licks going on or Mm -hmm. (laughs) you just fucking go out and just leave. That's right. Do y'all have like, do y'all have like Rogaine in your EDC just in case? For bald dudes? No, I just mean time passes, you know, like a requirement is you have to have cool hair and then then, then you get, you age into... Hey, if you go bald, you can just shave the shit off. That's right. You don't got to rock the reverse mohawk. You don't. You don't ever really go completely <laughs> bald. Like that's very lucky if you do. But most people have that fucking weird old man horseshoe haircut going on. Yeah. yeah. You can just shave that shit off. Otherwise, you just look ridiculous. Yeah. Just come over to my hut, and I'll fucking shave you down. Mm-hmm. Straight bald treasure. No, <laughs> say a, yep. a Bowie knife. Right. Yeah. yeah. Sharpened rock. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Native Americans always had good hair. It's true. In Vikings. Yeah, Man, true. that's so true. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're, if you are living in an urban area, you know, and the, you're actually having to defend yourself like constantly against other people trying to steal all your shit. You got to have intimidation factor, you know, cut yourself a mohawk and, you know, douse it with blood or something. I don't know. Yeah, something. <laughs> it can't be looking like a schmuck, you know? That's no, right. fuck no. <laughs> Bless yeah, we're going to be like the, the elven tribe. We're just going to be a bunch of really pretty people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> summon fucking spirits to fight for us. <laughs> so speaking of tribes, how essential is it to form a community? How What do you mean by that? Like, is, is, it, it, necessary? is it realistic to 
be a lone survivor type guy or is having is having a community like very important to surviving like um, long term i don't think it would be completely necessary but i think people would go fucking insane i personally think it's it's necessary to know how to live completely alone in solitude and survive but humans are pack animals and we you know er- our lives generally are better when you have more people in it. Yeah, so I think it is. We very, do. It's we, very important to have a community, but I mean, nothing is really essential besides. And we do better in numbers. I mean, if we're like in a scenario, uh, this is completely unrealistic, but like no more built up civilization, all the technology and infrastructure we have is lost and we're living on the land like strictly. Um, we're not physically individually more powerful than like a bear. You know, no. so yeah. you're going to need a bunch of people that have the ability to make weapons or tools to fight off, you know, a bear or multiple bears mm-hmm. or wolves or whatever. You know, even though it's extremely unlikely that a pack of wolves will actually attack anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think having some sort of like community would be in the long run for sure a, nece- an, uh, a necessity. But I think. Initially, it probably won't be a requirement. I would prefer to be in a fucking group of people because I would go fucking insane being out in the woods by myself. I mean, I've to be honest with you, I've never spent like a night out in the woods by myself. But I can't imagine how like scary and fucking like isolated that shit would be. It's awesome, actually. I think it's, I think it's fucking sweet, but not like all the time. <laughs> yeah, not for like not a year. No. You definitely go crazy. You've ever seen Castaway? <laughs> you made best friends with a fucking volleyball. You turn in the Unabomber, dude. <laughs> Wilson! 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 <laughs> I'm sorry, Wilson. <laughs> you go fucking crazy like Tom Hanks. Dude, even the Unabomber had fucking a community. He lived like next to a town. That's right. I think that's why communists are so attractive to some people. We just want our own little commune where we take care of each other. Which, honestly, like, it, you know, worst case scenario, you know, shit hits the fan, fucking everyone gets shot back to the fucking Stone Ages, then, yeah. It's like, you know, communities need to take care of each other and, and everything else, but, you know, that at that point would be a little bit different than, you know, a communist country, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think uh, one dude will be able to stand up to, like, a, another community of people yeah. either and i that, think that that's definitely a real threat too in a situation like that yeah that's the biggest thing too honestly is like if you look at like you know if shit hits the fan and you know we're looking at a you know completely reset culture it's like the first thing that's going to happen are people are going to go crazy and start fucking killing each other and the, the best source of protection is numbers so the people the group with the most numbers is going to survive longer than the people with less numbers like I said, humans are pack animals. Like there's, you're actually very hard fought to find uh, creatures out there in the world that don't have packs. You know. Yeah. I think bears. Bears are probably the only ones. But even then, they, you know, they stay with their mom for years until they're viable by themselves. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. At first, I thought you were talking about like a like a pack mule or something like that. But no, I get it now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you need those two, you know, either pack mules or, you know, if you really want to get weird, you know, slaves. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> See, first we went from the bat talk, and it's just a natural progression. That's right. That's right. Those fucking now we're at Mad Max. <laughs> no, I'm not saying you're not, you're not enslaving people based on, you know, the color of their skin. You know, it's like, hey, if you attack me and then we win, guess what? We we beat you, and now we get all your stuff, which includes you. Sorry. You just, <laughs> you just attacked me, so I'm not going to treat you like one of my own. So you gotta carry all my stuff. That makes sense. <laughs> Watch, I've been watching a lot of Vikings, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> Jake, you got fucking corrupted king energy, dude. Yeah. Well, just so it's not my fault. Like, you know, when you you have a bunch of Christian monks living in a monastery and they don't have <laughs> weapons, then <laughs> that's what we're at in this point of the conversation is fucking Christian monk slaves. Well, <laughs> they're they definitely. They definitely do not have like a fly hairdo, on in general. So no, I think it's no. I think it's justified. Yeah, actually, they, they intentionally comes, comes made back, their fucking hairdos non-fly. Yeah, that comes back to Jordan's point, you know. They had stupid yeah. hair and they got became slaves and got killed for it. And they're celibate, dude. Come on, in a survival situation, you gotta <laughs> fuck to save your species. That's true. Yeah, you do. And it Rude. just helps you look cool. So. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, the, the people with the cool hairdos won. <laughs> so it makes sense. <laughs> so we're gonna find the modern day monks in this society. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I got a list. Don't worry about that. <laughs> oh boy. Um so next question. What consideration what considerations does a family add to a survival situation if uh, yeah, if you have a family and like, how are you gonna take care of them and all that? Jake, you want to take this one? You have a family. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I you know, I obviously like we were talking about before, reproduction is very important, so you need to have you know family and stuff. But um, <laughs> but um, I reproduce. I just don't produce. Yeah, you try. I partake. Yeah, partake. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, like like me personally, what I do is, you know, I've I'm a, I have a daughter, and I try to, you know, she's just turned seven. Um, today is actually her birthday, so that's cool. But um, so I have a daughter, and I try to, you know, I take her out hunting with me. She's a little bit young to actually partaking in the actual hunting, but I take her out there with me, and she sees it and she's keeping them interested in that kind of stuff, you know, so they learn off you, like you're doing your, yourself and your family a disservice. You're not teaching them how to be, how to, how to become, especially if you have children, you know, you teach them how to become, you know, viable adults. But, um, no, I think families are very important, but yeah, you definitely, especially if you're a man, you know, your job, your number one job is taking care of your family, you know, so you got to take care of them, but also you got to, you're also the leader of your family. You need to be able to lead your family and teach them how to live without you in case you're not there. But in survival situations, like honestly, like, yeah, having kids and a family is going to be, uh, it's going to slow you down for sure, obviously, but for good reasons, I guess. Yeah, you have yeah. to provide a little bit extra, but also at a certain point in life, they're going to be providing for you and you can't. Exactly. So it is really kind of a, a cycle, you know? Right. So, yeah, it's not, it's not all a burden, you know? It's just that's no. 
It's more of like a uh, an investment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, biggest the biggest disservice you can do to your children is teaching is if you are dependent on an entity to take care of you, then that's how they're going to grow up. You know, that comes even without survival tactics or whatever else. Even just in today's day and age, you know, if you if you're a fucking piece of shit living off the living off welfare and refuse to make anything yourself, that's how your kids are going to grow up to be. But if you want to actually make yourself into something, then your kids are going to see that and they're going to want to make themselves into something as well. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, the rest of the rest of the questions that I have, we've already touched on. So, uh, was there anything that you guys wanted to bring up? Um, yeah, I would just like to, um, urge and implore people to so one of the big things like especially we talked about hunting a lot on here and it is very difficult to get into it if you don't know what the fuck you're doing and there are a lot of people out there that are interested probably and just don't know anybody um that's that's difficult man but for those people i would say go out like i said go out during a hunting season and see if you can at least find something like just go out and look you know and learn how to hunt them i mean you know there are multiple resources you can get into without having it be passed down generationally. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I, the only reason that like I know how to hunt and Jake initially knew how to hunt in the first place is because it was our dad took us out when we were very young and taught us it. But, um, for the other people that don't, don't have that, that, uh, that privilege, I guess, you know, just go out and, and fuck around outdoors, man. It's fun, you know. Bring some food. You know, I said initially you need to learn how to suck. You don't need to learn how to suck right away. It's crawl, walk, run, you know. Just go out, spend a night out in the fucking wilderness and see what it's like. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not responsible for you not coming back, but, you know, <laughs> go out and come back the same way you came in. Yeah. But uh, The biggest thing is learn how to crawl and walk when it's convenient yeah. before you are forced to go run for sure. Yeah. Bring food and water and fucking snivel gear and all sorts of stuff. Just learn the basics, you know, and then after time you can start taking stuff away and seeing what that's like. Um, but that's like kind of intermediate level survival is shit, but yeah, just get out in the elements and see what, what it, what it feels like. Mm-hmm. What about you guys? Like, do you guys do it? Like this is your, you guys podcast, you know, and everything. Else. So like, do you guys have, what do you guys do to kind of sh- sharpen the old knife, if you will? Um, personally, uh, I, I do get to spend uh, some time outside. Uh, not really like in the wilderness, wilderness or anything like the woods, but uh, uh, it's some land that's kind of secluded. And I get to out on the weekends sometimes. Uh, I mean, I, I, I do practice with shooting. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff that uh, I've been meaning to work on, and you know I'm working towards that. Uh, like hunting, I've been wanting to get into that, and uh, you know different like medical uh, stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I mean yeah, like I said, there's a lot that I need to work on, and that's part of why uh, I wanted to have you guys on so that we could discuss it and could kind of get an idea of where I need to. Uh, start mm-hmm. hell yeah yeah and, and I, I really like to go camping i haven't been in quite a while but uh that's the thing about louisiana is you know you you can go in the summer like i remember my first hiking trip it was right in the middle of summer and like you said earlier i 
overpacked my backpack mm-hmm. to an insane degree. I, I mean, I, I was in middle school at the time, mm-hmm. and uh, you know they waited afterwards because I was I was the straggler just hanging in the back, and uh, my pack was fifty pounds. And, <laughs> yeah, and I mean it's Fucking middle schooler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it's, it's, you know, with the heat index, it's like 110 outside. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, you learn quick when doing stuff like that, just getting out there. But uh, most of what I do is uh, just, like, learning how guns work. And, like, I'm, I'm privileged to have some people around me that have a lot of knowledge in that. Uh, like, learning how to take stuff apart and put them back together and a little bit of gunsmithing. And it's, uh, it's, it's very useful stuff oh mm. yeah you were getting like reloading your own ammunition stuff no but i mean i'm i'm awfully close to yeah i mean the, the, the path is is very clear right now that's it's one not, thing i it, want to get into it's not that hard i mean once you mm. uh like get the equipment and it isn't incredibly expensive i'm sure they got like you know starter kits at bass pro oh, yeah. or whatever but or academy but uh after that, like I know several people that do it, and and they're like, it's it's once you get the hang of it, it's a breeze, and it doesn't take that long to get the hang of it. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah! Yeah, one thing I like to f- focus a lot on, I just start started doing. <coughs> excuse me. A couple of years ago, is uh, I started bow hunting and stuff, yeah. and getting getting used to you know like primitive weapons, you know, so because. Just, it's a good, really good skill to have, you know, archery and shit like that is fucking very useful. But, hell yeah. Yeah, we talked about hunting a bit in our last podcast, and uh, I mentioned it then, but hunting here is just a pain. It's incredibly expensive. Mm. Oh, really? You either have to have a deer lease, know somebody that has a deer lease, and uh, they aren't incredibly common. Or, you know, there, there are several, uh, like, military bases around the state that you pay, like, a hundred bucks, and uh, you can go hunt on their land. But, like, you have to use a shotgun. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's, and then, you know, you have to, you have to take a course and get a license mm-hmm. uh, right. yep. if you want to hunt deer. Yep. And that's, that's expensive. That's, like, 150, 200 bucks, or at least it was yep. for me. And, Jeez. uh so, I mean, there, there's a very high, uh, there, or there's a big barrier to entry. And then once you're in there, it's hard to find an area where you can do it. Mm-hmm. It's a real pain. Like I went to Colorado recently and it was just, it was so easy. You could just do whatever you wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think here in Iowa, I think it's like, it's like 50 bucks for the hunter safety course. That's yeah. fucking, it's pretty it's pretty simple. Yeah. It's pretty easy to get into. And it's also pretty easy here. to find people around here that can, yeah. you can go hunting with. Yeah. We got, we don't, like, I think Iowa has some of the least amount of like public hunting lands, but at the same time, you know, there's fucking deer everywhere. So it's a little bit easier to get out and hunt in areas like this, I guess. In Louisiana, Louisiana just has like gators and shit. <laughs> you guys got boar. You guys have a, uh, you have boar, don't you? Oh Yeah. There you go. It's it's uh there there aren't as many farms here, but I know in East Texas, the the boars are a a big problem. You know, no limit season is there is no season, just year <laughs> round. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. 
I want to go down and do some fucking boar hunting down there someday. Yeah. yeah. I remember oh, when, I remember there, when some... fucking uh, 300 Blackout became like the new thing. And there's a video of a dude like advertising it or something. And he's on a fucking like a skid of a helicopter just fucking waxing yeah. waves of boar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah that's a Blackout. Thing. Get him. <laughs> that, that's a thing here. There are several different places that uh, will sell you trips to East Texas where you're on a helicopter. It's in the middle of the night. You got infrared gear and you're just doing nothing but killing hogs for like four <laughs> hours. That'd be fucking sweet. <laughs> Those fuckers are mean too. Hell oh yeah. yeah. I was listening to this I was listening to this uh hunting podcast and they they went out and they did some pig hunting and he said he shot one with his he's doing it with archery and he shot this pig and he gave it a little time he went out there this you know, to find it, he blood trailed it and found it. And that fucker is still alive and charged his ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're fucking ruthless. Yeah. I will say that a couple of years ago, I was uh, tasked with eradicating the squirrels on my grandparents' property. And uh, after I had killed like 13 or something like that, I did uh, skin and, and gut several of them. And that's. That was an interesting experience. I'd never done that before. I, you know, uh, I had uh, like scaled and and gutted fish before, but yeah, squirrels mm-hmm. a little bit different. And uh, oh, yeah. it's pretty hard to get the hair from like yeah. off of the meat if you're not yeah. doing it right. And that's <laughs> squirrels are actually pretty tough to skin. For yeah, all little critters. I know that. I... Oh, sorry. Well, I know that some people they, they can do it really fast if they're mm-hmm. or quickly if they're practiced, but yeah, if you if you if you're not used to it, then it takes a while. Yeah, you know, the best way I know how to skin squirrels and shit is like you know you you score the feet around the hide and then go up towards the tail and kind of get them scored so the skin's like it's still on there. Then you then you cut the at the base of their tail and you just put your foot down, you step on their feet and just pull the tail and it pulls all the hide off with it. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I've done. Yep. But it's still very meticulous. Skin. Yeah. Oh yeah. You gotta get you got get it prepped up and ready to go, but otherwise you're just gonna be fighting it the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Squirrels is fucking tough meat too. It's better than stews and shit. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't very tasty, I'll say that. <laughs> I actually just ate squirrel the other day. You know, my buddy fried some up because he shot one in his backyard with his pellet gun. And we, we 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 just fried it up. I'm like, dude, this shit is fucking tough. <laughs> we should have made some stew, but we remember we go squirrel hunting. You know, you try to get like five, six, seven of them, and you make a good stew out of them. Rabbit meat's fucking good. Oh yeah, oh, yeah rabbit's awesome. Oh yeah, that's true. They're super easy to skin too. Just need a lot of them. Turtle meat's good too. You guys ever ate turtle? No, I never have. No, no. Turtle's pretty good. Like snapping turtle, it's mm-hmm. pretty good. Gotta get a pretty big one or make something out of it, but or just or a lot, or a lot, yeah. I've had an alligator. Hell yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> it was great. It's really good. I had some when I was in Louisiana many yeah. years ago. Yeah, I had a gator po' boy. <laughs> uh, I bet that's good. I haven't that's had that. Good. I've just had fried alligator. At New Orleans, we were there, getting ready to deploy. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Well, I really enjoyed this interview, and I feel like oh, yeah. we got a lot of information. 
Mm-hmm. Hell yeah, man. That was awesome. It's always, it's always fun. This is my this is actually my first podcast outside of V for V. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. This is the first one I've done where I'm not talking about uh, geopolitics or some craziness yeah. <laughs> or libertarianism. Yeah, it's, it's kind of refreshing too because honestly, like Dan and Jordan are way more into you know geopolitics and libertarianism and stuff than I am because I don't know me me personally, it's like man, it just gets me so fucking frustrated a lot of times so it's like it's really it's really nice to come on and just talk about shit that i feel is actually is is much more important than you know who's going to be our next fucking leader and quote leader yeah uh there's one thing that i want to say before we close it out though as like a sort of a warning to people is don't do any of these things we're talking about unless you have a firm grasp on what the fuck you're doing um also is in terms of like resources, I would say stick to like the field manuals that we we're talking about. And there's a few other books out there that I think are pretty good. Um, but stay away from the really like the first that if you type in like Bushcraft 101 on Amazon and that's the first book that pops up, probably stay away from that. Mm. So talk to people that have done it and use certain resources and see what they're using. So don't try to go at it alone. There's all sorts of message boards on the internet that you can look up. Yeah. Um, the SES, the, the SAS, the um, British and Australian SAS, they actually have really good field manuals out there for survival and shit too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like research is a good supplement to actually doing it, but you can't rely on the research mm-hmm. on yep. its own. Yeah, for sure. Like Jordan said, taking taking steps. You know, don't go yeah. out there and be like, okay, well, I listened to a podcast, I did some research on the internet, I can fucking go out there and live for two weeks on my own. Like, mm, probably not. Try it for like a day. <laughs> Then maybe do two days or something like that. Definitely yeah. work into it. Ideally, find a survivalist group and make sure they're not fucking mouth breathers <laughs> and try to learn from them. That's honestly your best resource. Bunch and of even floods. if you can't, what's that? A bunch of fuds. <laughs> yeah, stay away from the fuds for sure. Yeah. Um, even if the, all you have is fuds around, maybe go out and see what they do and just be very self aware and yeah. know how to fucking recognize fuddery. Yeah, if they're fucking super fat and say they're survivalists, they're probably lying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or they're really good and they really know how to feed themselves well. <laughs> yeah, <they should. laughs> if, well, if there's one fat guy and everybody else is starving, he's the leader. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> he's hanging out in the woods. He's <laughs> got like a lava cake. Yeah. <laughs> See this fucking 100% berries foraged, bro. <laughs> First step of survival is stop at Dairy Queen. <laughs> Well, if you guys, fun. yeah, I really enjoyed it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, man. Well, if you guys wanted to uh, plug your stuff. Okay. Close this out. Yeah. Hey, Jordan, you're the plugger. All right. I'm, <laughs> I'm the guy. Uh, so I'm Jordan. You can follow me on Twitter at Anarcho Johnson. Um, you can also find our podcast, Vo- Veterans for Voluntarism. The four is the number four. Um, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Um, on Twitter, our handle is at V4VISM, so it's at V4VISM. Uh, the four is the number four, like always. And otherwise, you can listen to all of our shit on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, and most big podcatchers out there. Um, go ahead and plug your shit, Jake. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I'm, at Min- I'm on Twitter, at Minarco Jake. And um, I don't know, I'm on Facebook, too. Um, I don't know, I just... I come just talk shit on V for V, so yep. That's pretty much my 
He's a resident there. statist. Yep. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> this, so. <laughs> yeah. No, that's pretty much all I got. I, I really don't. I, I'm not huge on social media. I get on it sometimes and say some shit, but that's about it. Well, yeah. I mean, spending too much time on social media. I, <laughs> I wish I didn't spend as much time as I do. That's for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm addicted. <laughs> <laughs> my daughter always tells me whenever I'm, if I'm on my phone or something like that, she'll be, like, "Daddy, too much phone rots your brain." I'm like, okay, <laughs> you got a point. Yeah, for social media, I just have it for the podcast, man. Otherwise, I wouldn't have it. I fucking hate social media, and I, it's really hard for me to just scroll past people's dumb shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, from Jordan, now on, I'm honestly, if I see some shit that I think is stupid, I'm just going to fucking delete them. Jordan had this fucking super cool goal coming into 2020 that he wasn't going to argue with people on social media anymore. And that fell through. Like, no, no, no. Like the, the, no, you made it till. No, 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 no. It did not fall through. It did. I did not argue. I saw you arguing. I didn't argue. I saw you. Liar. <laughs> Blasphemer. Okay, now I'm arguing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's a really hard goal, though, Fuck to not argue with people on social media for a year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sucks. Well, I think this has been a really good podcast, and uh, hopefully okay. we got, uh, we can have you two, or including Dane next time, maybe, on again. Hell yeah, yeah. dude. Once he's not out slinging drinks. <laughs> <laughs> slinging drinks on the Lord's Day, that son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. Yeah, you know, this is awesome. Thanks for having us on, guys. 